In the name of the living God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Two friends are standing on the corner of 5th Avenue and 57th Street in New York City during the Christmas rush, waiting for a red light to be able to cross the street. And one of them was very irritated by the traffic. And he says, this town is totally disorganized. I hate it. Look at the traffic, it's terrible. Something ought to be done about it. The other friend was a little more philosophical. Thoughtfully, he encountered by saying, you know it's outstanding, the romance of it. There was a baby born to peasant parents in a little out-of-the-way place halfway around the world from here. The parents had no status, no money, no social standing. Yet 2,000 years later, that little baby creates a traffic jam on Fifth Avenue, <laughs> one of the most sophisticated streets in the world. This irritates you. It should fascinate you. I hope you're a little fascinated this morning because we again celebrate what has been called the biggest blessing to humanity. The story of Christmas is a story about a baby boy, an obscure village, simple parents, but the world stops one day every year to celebrate his birth. Last night, for those of us who were here, and I know choir, member choirs and some of the servers who are pulling extra duty, on the way home, it's very obvious that the world has stopped. Everything is quiet. And the miracle of the parking lot of North Park being empty occurs one more time. <laughs> <laughs> so what is it that, that we believe about Christmas? What is at the heart of it? In other words, why you're here? Well, I want to offer to you four points. Number one, on the first Christmas, at that Christmas, God emptied himself. He became man to conquer the world. He had to be immersed in it, very much like, like uh, Henry David Thoreau, who spent a whole day in Walden Pond, up to his neck in water. To do what? To find out how frogs lived. That was his idea. It didn't happen very well because he did not turn into a frog. <laughs> However, in Sesame Street, in one of their stories, the princess kisses the frog, and guess what happens? The princess turns into a frog. <laughs> and this is very close to the Christmas story. God does not swoop down like a drone, and sort of tangentially touches a little bit on our living, our life, our world, and then swoops back up. No, he empties himself. He laid aside his majestic robes and came down to be a newborn naked baby. Divinity clothed itself with dust and straw. At Christmas, God invaded our world. He injected himself, if you will, into the world. The journey God made that first Christmas from the throne of glory to the stable in Bethlehem made him part of humanity. He figured out by doing that how it was that we lived. Let me illustrate this. This is an old story about Miss Pat Moore 
One day in May of 1979, many of you were not born yet, who looked like she must be 85 years old, opened the door of her New York apartment and started walking downstairs. The first step, second step, the legs are shaky. She moved gingerly, one step, two, three, four, and she gets to the landing. And at that time, she saw her landlady who turns and says, oh, I'm sorry, I was expecting somebody else. Don't you recognize me, asked Pat. And the lady says, no, ma'am, I don't, gazing at that frail woman. I am Pat Moore, she said laughingly. You see, Pat Moore was not 85 years old at all. She was a very beautiful 26-year-old woman, very attractive, a specialist in industrial design, who was concerned about the need of the aged. And her company had asked her to research and to look and see how buildings could be built better to accommodate the changing demographic of people becoming older. So she did this masquerade. She put on the latex face and the, the wrapping of the body and so on and so forth. And she met hundreds of people who never once discovered the truth. But she got the information she needed. She wanted to have a first-hand experience of what it was to be old. So did God. At Christmas time, God identified with our situation. He became one of us. A baby like any other baby. And for those of us who've been blessed to have children, you know that they sleep whenever they want to. <laughs> Jesus nursed, he burped, he messed his diaper, and he acted just like any little baby. In the book, The Best Christmas Pageant Ever, by Barbara Robinson, there was a point at which in pageant it says, well, what is the name of the baby? And somebody says, wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting father, prince of peace. And little Imogene Hardman said, he'll never get out of first grade because he won't be able to spell all that. <laughs> His name was Jesus. He was the Christ. Remember, Christ was not his last name. Jesus and he was the Christ. And like any other child, he was involved in mischievousness. And if any of the stories that are sort of hidden in between books are true, Mary had a heck of a time dealing with him. Making clay pigeons fly. Walking on water before it was time but he became everything little boys are. Jesus lived as a man. It is through our faith that we see him as a king. King George V of Britain was visiting the city of Leeds and on the way there was an elementary school and the headmaster asked if the king could at least wave at the children who were be right at the fence watching the king go by. So the king chose a very bright handkerchief. And as he walked by in his suit, he waved at the children with the, the handkerchief. 
and the kids way back. And then there was a little girl on the way back to her classroom was crying, very disappointed. And the teacher said, what's wrong? She said, I wanted to see a king and I only saw a man. Those who wanted to see a different Messiah only saw a man, but that man brought salvation to the world. At Christmas, Jesus embodied the patient and sometimes suffering love of God the Father. If you remember the, the game Pictionary, the Reverend Dwight Moody writes that one time playing Pictionary, he was given the following, glory to God in the highest. And he said that the hardest part was the glory and the highest. God was simple. Draw a man with pierced hands. One thing is to talk about love and the other one is to show it. Jesus showed the love of the Father through the nails in his hands. And yes, Christmas is about babies and Christmas is about love. But a part of love is giving oneself for someone else. So this time of the year, we remember the birth of a God that emptied himself, that invaded the world, identified with our situation, and embodied the patient and sometimes suffering love of God the Father. And I really think that that is why Christmas is so special. And it gives us that warm feeling inside. And that's why we stop and look at the babe in the manger. And that's why, although they began in mid-July, we enjoy the Christmas carols we hear. And sometimes we even hum some of them. And I try to destroy them by trying to sing them. <laughs> because when all is said and done, when all is said and done, God empowers us to live with the knowledge that His Spirit, the Spirit of divine love, is now among us. And we are to share that and not hoard it. So I wish you a Christmas filled with wonder, with warmth, and above all, with awe. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.